1: This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Bear prints in the Czech foreign ministry. Tinker, tailor, soldier, hacker in Moscow with a side of Humpty Dumpty. Gamer Forum data breaches go undetected for 17 months, credential reuse and the limitations of human memory are seen as a big threat to security, an IBM study throws up its hands over the state of healthcare cybersecurity, and Phineas Fisher, depending on whom you believe, is either under arrest or still at large. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, February 1st, 2017. International conflict in cyberspace raises a few interesting stories today. The latest government to experience what has the signs of a fancy bear visitation, that is, attention from Russia's GRU, is the Czech Republic's. The country's foreign minister disclosed that its email system has been illicitly accessed. Foreign Minister Lubomir Zaralik said the intrusion appeared to be the work of a nation-state. He didn't say which nation-state, but he pointedly observed that the incident looked a lot like last year's email doxing of the U.S. Democratic National Committee. General consensus among observers, and there's not much dissent in evidence on the matter, is that it's probably the work of Russian intelligence services. We've seen reports that ISIS information campaigns suggest that the caliphate is beginning to splinter. Whether this foreshadows a terrorist diaspora or tighter centralized control is still unknown. But it appears that the fissures are due to military pressure in the caliphate's core claimed territories. Thus it seems to be kinetic and not information operations that are hurting ISIS. U.S. Central Command's WebOps information campaign against ISIS is drawing poor reviews from both observers and whistleblowers. Bloomberg characterizes WebOps as a botched operation. Critics allege WebOps has been a slipshot effort marred by indifferent linguistic skills tendentious self-assessments and cronyism. The campaign prominently featured engagement with ISIS adherents and potential adherents in social media, but critics see such engagement as defeated by poor mastery of Arabic vocabulary, let alone idiom, by the operators. The FSB officers arrested by Russia are now being officially accused of ties to the U.S. CIA, so there clearly is an espionage dimension to the scandal. That doesn't, of course, rule out criminal corruption as well, especially given the interpenetration of cybercrime and cyberespionage researchers see in Russian practice. Bloomberg columnist Leonid Bershidsky wrote about the FSB that, quote, Parallel to their official duties, officers often run private data security operations involving blackmail and protection, end quote. Apparently, the online gadflies of Shalte Bote really have put a burr under the Russian leadership's saddle. The bigwigs are particularly exercised over its revelation of discreditable communications among Kremlin insiders. This gives the affair some symmetry with corresponding American uneasiness over the role WikiLeaks has played in shaping public opinion. According to Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, Vladimir Enikeyev, Shalte Bolte's founder, has also been arrested but hasn't been charged with espionage. An article in the Moscow Times suggests that the incident represents characteristically fierce infighting among security agencies, and that in particular the FSB's Information Security Center may have grown too powerful for the liking of its rivals, and those rivals are now being permitted to purge it. Two of those arrested, Colonel Sergei Mikhailov and Major Dmitry Dukukhaev, belong to the Information Security Center. It wouldn't be the first time in Russian history that one intelligence organization has purged another. The news isn't all Tinker Tailor Soldier Hacker. More conventional forms of cyber threat, of course, persist. It appears that personal information of about two and a half million PlayStation and Xbox gamers have been exposed in a hack of gaming for a Xbox X360 ISO and PSP ISO. The hack occurred in 2015, but its details are just now coming to light. One of the challenges facing cybersecurity professionals is the proper allocation of resources. You've got a budget and a team, but how do you decide how much of those precious resources get channeled toward any particular task or threat? Trustwave just published a survey report titled Money, Minds, and the Masses A Study of Cybersecurity Resource Limitations. And we spoke with Trustwave's Chris Schuller about what they found.
2: The very deep and wide chasm that uh you know, CISOs and and VP of securities have to go fill, and uh, and to get funding to fill all of those various voids and gaps, um, it can be you know very expensive. Um, so I think the challenge is uh, what we're seeing, and obviously the report kind of does back it up, is that they're trying to you know conquer the uh, the, the the achievable, and that's the low hanging fruit, and going after the endpoints, um, going after email web filtering. Um, those are probably the, the heavily, most heavily utilized in an organization. Um, so they're obviously getting funding for those items, but they're not getting funding for the rest of the items. And, and many of those items are the ones that they need probably the most focus on because they're going to find the, uh, probably the nastiest stuff that would, uh, would impact their environment.
1: I was interested to see that the report found that um, turnover was a particular problem
2: yeah turnover turnover has been a very big challenge in the in the industry itself and and predominantly it's because when you look at the skills that are required within i t security um, you know it's been a huge evolution for us you know as our understanding of the you know, the various attacks against organizations we've quickly realized that there's a lot of positions that needed laser focus um, for those uh, those security challenges so if you look at Ten years ago, you know, the generic IT security admin or engineer, um, you know, the skill level was, let's say, a, a level of one to ten, it was a five. And I think what's happened now in the last decade is as our understanding of the attacks and the way that the you know cyber uh, crime organizations and, and government nation states, you know, they've become much more sophisticated. So subsequently the skills required uh, for the good guys had become you know more more challenging right So you have people that maybe have entered the security space and uh, you know entered it at the lower level and then quickly you know directionally saw that they had an expertise in a given area right maybe it's pen testing, incident response, um, deep threat research. And, uh, and the challenge is that a lot of organizations, specifically um, you know, private organizations, their ability to fund that growth is a challenge for those individuals. So like anybody would do with uh, you know, a hot and very demanding or high demand skill, is uh, they're going to go look out in the market and see if anyone's willing to you know, pick them up as a threat researcher, for example. Um, and people do.
1: That's Chris Schuler from Trustwave. Cybersecurity in the healthcare sector continues to prompt eye rolling from industry observers. In the UK, half the National Health Service trusts only scan their web applications for vulnerabilities annually, if that often. Looking at the sector as a whole, IBM offers some despairing lyricism it's a leaky vessel in a stormy sea. Finally, Spanish police say they've nabbed Phineas Fisher, famous for hacking the controversial lawful Intercept tool providers Gamma Group and Hacking Team. But Mr. Fisher has since communicated that he's safe and still at large. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security That's vanta.com slash cyber. And joining me once again is Emily Wilson. She's the director of analysis at Terbium Labs. Um, Emily, doxing. You wanted to make the point that doxing is uh, becoming uh, more of a common thing to see online, particularly in your world, in the the dark web world.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. You know, doxing has been around... For, for a long time now. And, you know, when you think of doxing in its original form, what you see is people taking revenge on other hackers or gamers or people in a particular kind of community online. And now this is becoming a, a much more common thing um, being used for, you know, people in the media that you don't like or, or politicians that you don't like or, you know, executives at companies you disagree with. And it's, it's become much more fair game. And I think... It's no longer it's no longer something that crosses a line, right? This is part of just the normal playbook. I don't like you, or you you said something I disagree with. I'm going to expose your personal information, and in some cases, your your spouse and your kids. And here's where you went to high school, and you know here's your next door neighbor. You know this is this is definitely becoming just kind of part of the way things work.
1: And and are you seeing you know sort of the availability of doxing as a service, if you
2: will?
0: I think it's interesting. Doxing as a service isn't quite what what we see presented. It's actually more you'll see things where someone will provide a list of targets and say, you know, have at them or have fun. And so it's much less, hey, I'm here to dox anyone that you need. That does that does exist. It's much more of a, hey, guys, here's a list of names. Let's have fun. Or sometimes much more personally, you know, uh, this is my ex-girlfriend. Make her life miserable.
1: So rather than having a book club or a you know a game a gaming club or something, people get around, come gather around online, virtually, and uh, come at people for sport.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think in some of these places, you know, in some cases it's groups against other groups. So you know, here's anonymous attacking you know a a group of um, you know a trade association they disagree with. But in some cases, it's a group of individuals gathering around another individual for sport, and it's. Uh, creepy is the word that comes to mind.
1: And from your point of view, you know, monitoring this sort of thing, is there, are there ever indicators where you can, you know, point out to someone, hey, it looks as though uh, there's a group that's starting to gather information on you or heads up or or is, this, or, or is it more spontaneous than that?
0: Uh, it depends always always the great answer it depends there are definitely times when uh you know a, a group or an individual is making a shift to a new industry or a new interest or a hey watch this space and, and you know what that actor tends to be focused on so you have a sense um in other cases it's it's a bit more spontaneous uh you know a, as you can imagine right you know whatever is in the news cycle so whether it was you know politicians during the election or you know certain information during the uh you know dakota pipeline situation or you know even law enforcement in the wake of a um of a a police shooting for example you know there are certain things like that where you imagine this has happened and someone's going to get doxed i'm not sure who it is but there are a few obvious choices
1: Hmm. all right interesting stuff emily wilson thanks for joining us And they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the CyberWire.